Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by John Donovan and Longhorn Wealth Management Group. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by C.J. Vogel and Bobby Burton. And guys, what a great weekend for the Longhorns. Before we get into what went down this weekend, Bobby, I know you have some news that you uh, just posted over on on TexasFootball.com that I'm going to let you share with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tioa uh, Ayalia, I believe, Savea. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to continue to improve that uh, pronunciation. Uh, believe me, uh, Tioa Alea uh, Savea, last name, uh, is. I am being told, uh, based on a source out of Tucson, that Texas is the firm leader or the clear favorite right now for his services. He visited Texas over the weekend. Uh, some thought he, he may have committed uh, via a, a message board or a, a, a direct message uh, via Twitter. Uh, we confirmed that that was not a commitment uh, at, to the Longhorns. I'm being told right now, at least, um, that, uh, that it looks like, to me at least, uh, the primary competition for him may be keeping him at Arizona. That's that's the word out of that's the word out of Tucson. They're trying to uh, once he gets back into Tucson and uh, that sort of thing. A lot of the players that were potentially going into the portal decided not to go into the portal in Tucson. Right? Uh, we've seen that uh, throughout the weekend. That's who I'm told is the primary uh, uh, competition right now for Savea. So, uh, you know, we'll see what exactly happens. He is in the portal, unlike a lot of those other players. They never actually entered the portal. Uh, we'll see what that exactly means uh, in the coming days or even as soon as today. Uh, one thing that uh, was noted, Texas needs to have an answer from any and all midterm enrollees by January 30th. Uh, so hopefully that uh, gives you a, a sense of where Savea is right now in his recruitment. And then the other big news this weekend, of course, not only Junior Day, but a couple of commitments, and we will take those in order. And, CJ, I'm going to let you start with the running back from Alito. Yeah, very talented prospect. You see why Texas was eager to accept his commitment two years out from his uh, 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 signing date, as you will. Racing Guillory, the running back out of Alito, helped the, uh, the Bearcats up there, you know, make the title run this year in the state championship game, rushed for 1,200 yards, five 5'10", 180 is what I was told he's weighing in at right now. Really special running back when you watch him run the football. He has great burst, great acceleration, uh, can cut and get up uh, upfield tremendously well as well. Oh, and and by the way, he can catch the football. That was a big part of his game as well. And that's a big staple of the Tashard Choice approach to the running back recruiting side of things. So really impressive running back and still has two years left to grow and develop. Already clocked in at a 10-8 guy uh, in, in, in track. So. Really impressive, has the necessary speed, and the tape backs it up. Really 
really impressive prospect. And then obviously yesterday, Texas added Lance Jackson, a 2025 defensive end out of Pleasant Grove. He actually told us on the stream last night, on the Longhorn live, live stream last night, that he is now up to 6'6 and 260 pounds. And when you watch the film, that's quite impressive by the way he bends and uses his athleticism to his advantage. He is quick off the ball, and he's able to get – into the backfield to be disruptive very easily. Really impressive prospect. Uh, and by the way, he also throws 93 on the mound. So a two-sport athlete with a pretty high upside on the baseball mound as well. So uh, Texas getting uh, its 2025 class some momentum as well following the uh, the addition at the turn of the calendar with Anthony Williams as well. So the, the defensive side of the ball starting to roll. Lance Jackson is now commitment number five in the 2025 class. And by all accounts, the junior day, will continue to, uh, to make a big impact in the classes that were uh, on campus. And yeah, I, I, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of those guys. Well, Bobby, one thing other people are wanting to know about, and of course, it's been a hot topic of discussion for the past couple of weeks now. What's the latest with the defensive tackle coaching situation? You know, the, the very latest is we're waiting to hear uh, uh, about uh, who it's going to be. Uh, I had a friend that, that uh, reached out to, to Rod Wright over the weekend, and Rod Wright would neither confirm nor deny uh, whether or not he was the next uh, defensive tackle, defensive line coach at the University of Texas. Uh, so we'll see exactly what that means. But look, I mean, the, the reality of it uh, is that uh, Steve Sarkeesian's got the guy he wants. We'll see if it is indeed Wright, who is the assistant defensive line coach for the Texans currently, um, and we'll know fairly quickly. Uh, about that. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, one thing that is apparent, uh, Texas does need to move on this somewhat quickly. It doesn't have to be overnight, but sometime in the next uh, week, two weeks, three weeks, whenever, because at least one player that could have possibly visited Texas over the weekend that Texas definitely wants is Zion Williams, a defensive tackle out of Lufkin. And he opted to go and visit uh, LSU this past weekend instead of Texas because Bo Davis is already their defensive tackle coach. So there is a little makeup to be made here. Uh, and so there is a, a, it's not, it's not overwhelming. I mean, we're still a year out from these guys having to make a decision or have to sign on the dotted line. Uh, again, Texas not going to uh, push uh, the uh, uh, push it over the top there, but uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, I think that the, uh, it looks like they're going to find a coach they want. If that's Rod Wright, it's Rod Wright. Uh, but uh, until uh, Steve Sarkeesian steps to the podium or sends out a press release, we're not going to uh, uh, be be able to know for sure right now. Guys, we have Cedric Griffin coming up here in about eh, 10 minutes or so. He'll be joining us. His son was actually at Junior Day, so he's going to be talking about that from a parent's perspective. And it was also his first time on campus in a good while. So he got to know this new staff. So we'll hear all about that. But before we go into all of that, let's uh, let's back up to Junior Day and talk about the new offers that went out. And I'll let y'all start. Yeah, five guys walked into campus without an offer and were able to sit down with Steve Sarkeesian and his staff and experience the moment in which they received offers from the University of Texas. Pretty cool deal. Uh, Connor Carty was the first to report an offer. He is an uh, interior offensive lineman from Prosper. Really impressive tape, about 6'4", to uh 290 pounds right now. I think you'll see him continue to, to develop his, his frame there, but a, a true interior guy in my eyes, he moves bodies very well and has a really impressive tape. Uh, 
Ricky uh, Stewart, running back out of Chapel Hill out in East Texas, was very emotional whenever he received his uh, his offer following his visit to Texas. Rushed for 6,000 yards already in his career uh, over in East Texas. Rushed for 2,800 yards last year and 40 touchdowns. So it goes to show the production that he is able to bring to the table as well. Ryan Foji out of Bridgeland, offensive tackle. New to the position, though. Was on JV last year uh, as a sophomore at defensive end. Flips over to the offensive side of the ball playing right tackle. Uh, on the flip side of 2025 teammate, uh, Jontae Newman, who was also at Texas this past weekend, goes to show the kind of tackle duo that they have over at Bridgeland. Foji, still new to the position, but the upside is there. Very lengthy, 6'5", 280 pounds right now, still growing into his body, but the potential is there, and teams are starting to, to recognize that as well. So really impressive prospect. And then Michael Terry, uh, the athlete out of Alamo Heights. A lot of schools are recruiting him as, an, uh, as a, a wide receiver. Terry told reporters following his trip that Texas is in an unofficial top three right now with TCU and Texas Tech. Uh, Terry also has ties to the Texas program as well. He's very close with Rhett Anderson, the walk-on wide receiver uh, on the Texas roster at the moment. And then Gus Cordova, a very lengthy uh, defensive end prospect out of Lake Travis, 6'5", 250 pounds. We mentioned it earlier, but it was about 25 degrees. He showed up in a T-shirt. So the toughness is uh, something that exudes from Gus Cordova uh, the minute that you see him. But really a talented prospect. He was very active and helped Lake Travis and what wasn't necessarily expected to be a, a, a plus year for them talent-wise, make a quick run in the, uh, the state championship. So five five uh, offers extended this, this weekend, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple more come out this week. Before we move on, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Blake. We appreciate Longhorn Wealth Management as a sponsor. John Donovan, uh, a proud Texas X's Life member. He and his wife and all six of his siblings are also UT grads. So it's this deep Longhorn family tradition that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas alums, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent more than 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. The Longhorn Wealth team has fired up about Coach Sark's incredible start to 2024 with both portal and high school recruiting, so they likewise want to encourage everyone in the On Texas football family to let Longhorn Wealth jumpstart your 2024 financial future with a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop, maximize, and protect your tax-free and tax-efficient retirement income. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. We appreciate your sponsorship, John. Okay, y'all. And like I said, we uh, do have Cedric Griffin coming on in just a minute. But Bobby, before we bring on Ced, I want you to tell everybody out there about the new website. A lot of people in the chat asking about it. Some saying, hey, there's a website. So tell everybody what you got going on at ontexasfootball.com. Yeah, we kind of soft launched it over the weekend. Just I wanted to make sure everything was uh, kind of working right and uh, uh, getting the at people that wanted to sign up for free and could come in and, and post on the message boards and make sure everything was good. Uh, but now we can go ahead and tell everybody it's on texasfootball.com and it's a companion, uh, obviously, to our uh, YouTube stream here. So if you're not watching a video, you can actually discuss with us and others and other Longhorn members and family uh, members, et cetera, on the message boards. Uh, just come in and join it. Uh, enjoy us. And if we're not, if there is breaking news and there, it's not a, there's not a video, 
we will have more subtle updates uh, or nuanced updates on the message boards and in the community thread as well. So that way it allows you to actually get in there and, and get after it a little bit uh, when you're not seeing a new video. Uh, all are welcome. Uh, that's the key for me. I don't want this to be a, uh, a situation where only the brightest of the brightest have to be there and only the people that are just brand new can't go. And I, it, I want everybody to feel like a longhorn in there. And hopefully everybody will join us on texasfootball.com. And I also want to mention, Bobby, we hit the 35,000 subscriber mark over the weekend, which is phenomenal. I mean, the the growth couldn't do it without all these people out here tuning in each and every day. But that's just awesome. Hey, we, we got to get to 100,000 because that would be the whole stadium. <laughs> there you go. We only right now we're only on the lower deck, you know, on the on the west side right now. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I'm gonna bring in Cedric Griffin and said, "How's it going this morning, man?" It's going pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate you. Hey, Cedric, the national champion that you are. I, I saw a picture of you this weekend, and I, I commented on it with you on Twitter, dude. Your smile was so big seeing your son there. Uh, getting uh, getting treated uh, really nice and stuff at junior day. Congratulations, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I can say anytime he gets to go on a visit or gets to go somewhere to, in, in hopes of kind of continuing his education and his, his sports career is, is, is great and awesome. And uh, Texas made it a little, a little bit more special just because I went there as well. So um, it's awesome to see him in his recruitment process for sure, though. Well, Cedric, I got a question for you. I mean – what was it like being back on campus? You know, not not so much as a player. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But as a parent going through that, you know, can, can you kind of run us through your overall impression of the coaches and of the junior day in general? Right. So I, I never experienced uh, junior day. Um, I think I just took my I remember uh, if my if, if my mom was there or not. I just I just remember uh, it being fun. Uh, but me as a parent uh, was super cool. I, I got to see other parents' reactions to, to how the kids were reacting to the coaches and walking in the hallways. Um, and it was just cool just to see other parents, other kids uh, just in that environment uh, and kind of realizing that their dreams may, may be happening at, at one point. Uh, but then being back at Texas, you know, the stadium, uh, it's a, a lot has changed. Um, I almost kind of got lost uh, in the building because, you know, some of the walls was – displaced and over here and over there so um but it, it was cool it looks fresh in there uh it has a kind of an all-white scene in there and I, I love it to be honest with you um the coaches was awesome um i got a you know a, a different you know perspective of the coaches you know meeting them in person talking to them sitting sitting in some of the, the db room and uh, meeting with coach joseph and uh having suede and a couple other dbs in there kind of kind of talk to coach joseph over some film and stuff like that it was pretty cool and uh, to hear his mottos and his vibes and characters is uh it relates home to me and, and some of the coaches that i've been around so um i'm you know i'm actually kind of excited about what texas has going on and I, and I said i was you know when i first talked to bobby back back in i think in the, in the, in the summertime right before the right before the fall got started i was feeling a sense of you know something getting going over there so um it's encouraging for sure so I'm happy. Coach Sark was was very gracious, and um, I introduced myself to him, and uh, he replied back, and it just it was a cool experience, man. So uh, I'm happy for them Texas boys up there for sure. Gotcha. Well, tell us a little bit about Swade, uh, your son at Laga Vista. Uh, tell us what he's going through right now, his recruiting process, uh, and uh, I'm sure he's got 
He's got more than just Texas talking to him. I know that. I know you know that. So tell tell folks a little bit about your son. Well, I mean, Sway's an interesting character, man. Uh, he, he's super. He's super quiet. Um, I possess some of those qualities. I think I'm I'm very standoffish, not in a mean way, but um, I just like to see kind of excessive scenes, see what's going on, and he's very very similar. Um, but Slade is a good guy, man. Kind heart, sweet, sweet, sweet dude, man. I mean, and he really is. I think in in our family, he's probably the the one who loves the most, cares the most. Um, but he's very intense. Uh, he's very quiet and shy. But his passion is there. You know, once he's playing football or or once he's running track, um, he's very in, intentional about what he's doing. Um, he loves the process of being recruited right now. He's been, he's been to a couple of schools. He's been to TCU, Baylor, um, Cincinnati, um, Texas, obviously now. Um, so he's just, you know, he's getting through the process. He's understanding what's going on, but it's not really phasing him. Um, he's not really kind of worried about it. He's just, and he's just one of those kids who's just, he's not on Twitter. I mean, he has a profile, but he doesn't really get on it. Um, he's really just really intentional. He loves track, man, I'll be honest with you, though. So. Um, he's he's head he's head he's his head first in, in track right now, and he's just having fun, man. So, um, and he's 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 a good he's, he's a good sibling as well. So he takes care of his little sister, his little sister and his little brother right now. Um, he's just a good dude, man. So, um, way better than me when I, when I was at that age. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can all say that. We all know that feeling, dude. I, I look back at me at fifteen and sixteen, I just shake my head. You know, right. Do as I. I try to tell my son, do as I say, not as I do. That's the. That's the well, I, so I, I that, that so I'm glad you. Oh, I'm not glad you brought it up, but I heard something, man, where you know children they don't listen to what you say, man. They're 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 actually do you know do and and act on how you behave. So um, you got to show them better uh, rather than tell them better. So uh, it's kind of the reverse in that one. Yeah, good stuff, Cedric. Hey, Cedric, what are the one or two things you saw? Um, that maybe stuck out to you the most during junior day that you kind of came back home and said, huh, that's different, or huh, I really like that. Uh, any any couple things? Uh, uh, man, I well, you know, uh, when we were in the team meeting, um, yeah, I don't know if it stuck out or it was kind of different, but um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The coaches' theme music. Um, they 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 all came in came in with some some type of rap or R and B or some type of Texas um, swag music. And I I know that's for show, but maybe not. Maybe that is their personality because uh, it was it was pretty cool to see. You know, they they came in, it was dancing. They they, they were super, just kind of just 
trying to be relatable. Um, and that does that stuff like that does go a long way. Uh, music plays a role in, in, in all type of entertainment. So if you can relate to kids with the music, you know, the fashion, um, all that stuff goes hand in hand and you get a little bit more better relationship, you know, with the kids. So that one thing stuck out to me. Uh, the other one, I guess, is just, you know, just seeing all those kids, man. I mean, it, I mean, it was at least, you know, 50, 60 kids and all their parents and just everyone in there was happy. Everyone had a smile on their face. There was no one that was upset or had, had just had a help, you know, just a, just an attitude about anything. It was a place where everyone was comfortable. Um, and it's just a happy time for, you know, about four or five hours. So, uh, I think it was longer than that. I mean, we got there at eight o'clock, we didn't leave it, you know, the four o'clock. So it was, it was a good time. I mean, at the, the whole time, the basketball game, uh, you know, the weigh-in, eating, everyone was just having a good time laughing and conversating. That's good. That's good stuff. They each coach, I guess, has their walk-up music, kind of like yes, you do with baseball, right? CJ, you have anything for Cedric? Well, hopefully, Cedric, y'all are able to stay warm out there. I know it was a pretty chilly morning. Uh, you 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 mentioned being able to kind of talk with some of the coaching staff and and really kind of begin and establish and develop those relationships on the trip. And where, which coaches were you able to kind of meet with? And I mean, how are things going? Off Obviously, in Swage recruitment, but, you know, in, in to totality, I mean, just being able to talk to the coaching staff, what kind of takeaways were you able to grab from just their uh, approach and, you know, how personal they were on the visit? Yes, yeah, so I, I, I met the new coach coming in, Nathan. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with his first name just yet, but um, I talked to him for j j just a little bit. Um, he came up and, and kind of shook Swade's hand as well and just kind of, you know, glanced over him a little bit. Um, I got a deep conversation with, with, with Blake Gideon. Obviously, you know, uh, I didn't play with him, but, you know, he, he, he's part of that DBU back there. So we had that brotherhood going on. And um, Coach Joseph, we, we talked in depth for sure. Um, we, we sat in, in for about 30 minutes in, inside the DBU room with him and Swade and I think two other, two other kids. Um, and we went to, you know, deep conversations about that situation. Uh, I think we met maybe like 15 minutes before we went into the, in the team meeting room, just talking about Lava Vista, talking about his transition to Texas. Um, his, his time in Notre Dame and in Nebraska, and, and how Texas is just a different animal, and uh, just got just got to know him in, in that aspect, and, and uh, his philosophy on on, on DBs and, and the secondary. Uh, and then I, I I briefly spoke with Coach Sark. You know, it, it wasn't a conversation; it was more than hey, meet meet and greet. Hello, my name is Sid, and here here here's Swade and stuff like that. But uh, the conversation I had with you know Joseph and uh, Blake was. Uh, more about you know how, how Sway's doing, you know, you know, what's his feeling, how comfortable he is, going over coverages, uh, and just getting to know us more than anything, man. Because you know, I haven't, I, you know, I really haven't seen Blake probably since you know his, his playing days, and, and and that was when he was playing, and I was in the pros, and he was like, oh hey, how you doing? So, uh, and then Terry was just Terry's a good guy, family guy. He got he has two daughters that that he thinks the most of, and. Um, and I know he's family first and I'm family first as well. So, um, you know, we resonated with that, that situation as well. So, uh, the coaches are good, man. I mean, they, they, they're, they're bringing in a good coaching staff. Uh, I know they just hired Willie Gay, uh, some, some NFL experience and, uh, hopefully that, that'll get the DB room shaken up a little bit as well and, and, and get some, you know, some, some personality, some attitude in there. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I think the coaches are, are, are doing a really good job of being relatable. To the players and um that's really really important i think so that's good hey cedric before we let you i gotta tell you a story i talked to a guy that was there i got who were some of the best looking guys there 
One of them mentioned you. <laughs> I was talking about recruits, and they, they said, Sen Griffin looks like he can still play in the NFL. Well, well, I mean, I I eat well, man. Uh, now, working out, that I don't work out, friend, but uh, I, I, I do eat well. I try to sleep as much as possible. Um, but, I mean, I, I coach track, man, and I, I've been coaching track since 2016, so – I'm constantly, you know, probably run up, uh, doing some sprints, uh, showing kids uh, different workouts. Um, and in our track program, we li- we do lift weights, so I show them, you know, micro cycles, uh, uh, micro workouts or whatnot. Um, so I I probably have about 25 yards in me, and then I then I probably put in a hamstring because, uh, you know, every every season in track we we have a coaches relay, and I'm I have to go half speed because every time I get excited, you know, I, I I like to like to compete. But uh, my first year coaching at, at the at Faith Academy, um, I went out too hard, and I, you know, I, I start I strained my hamstring a little bit. So, uh, so from here on out, I'm not I'm not doing any, any high speed running or lifting weights because it's you know that's a young man's game, man. So, uh, <laughs> so no, I am not in playing shape, not 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 none of that at all. But I appreciate it for telling my listeners. Yeah, no, it was it was meant. The guy, the guy that told me that goes, look, I mean, no, no offense to everybody else was there, but Seth Griffin and Michael Huff looked like they could still play. That's what he told me. Already, I see him. I, I've, I've been watching old Mike. I, uh, I, I ain't seen him in person in, in, in a couple of years. To be honest with you, man. But uh, he, he's, yeah, he's <sighs> that thing on Michael. He, uh, he, he, he always pumps up his arms, man, and that's <laughs> that's the one thing he's, he's always done that too. He's always in the weight room. Listen, listen to his arm for some odd reason, but he still looks good in the face in the body as well. So he's taking care of himself for sure. Uh, Cedric, thanks for your time this morning, buddy. Congrats to Swade too. I, that smile oh, you had on your face in that tweet was absolutely classic, buddy. I hope well, you enjoy yourself. You have a good weekend. A good week, okay? You too, brother. I, I appreciate that a lot, man. Thank you so All much. Right, hook up, dude. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. All right, Cedric Griffin, there was some great stuff <laughs> for sure. We learned a lot from that, no doubt about it, and a good insight uh, into Texas Junior Day this weekend. It's always interesting to get it from that parent perspective as oh, opposed yeah. to the kids, you know. He's got, and he's got a unique viewpoint. I mean, he's yeah. been on both sides of it, and this is his school, right? I mean, Swade may or may not end up going to Texas. We don't know that yet. But this is Cedric's school, and for him to be – okay with how things are being worked on on the inside i think that speaks volumes you know i mean uh for for steve sarkeesian what he's trying to do i i just can't imagine what do you think uh like what do you think uh steve sarkeesian's walk-up music is now now that's got me i'm gonna i'm gonna be asking the next recruit or the family like what's steve sarkeesian's walk-up music for for junior days I bet he's going to Tupac. I bet that he told the athletic a few years ago that was his favorite music growing up. He's yeah. got the the South Cali uh, connection. I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Both West Coast guys, so yeah, I, I could really see that. That's a great answer, CJ. But now I'm wondering about the other coaches. <laughs> it's something I'm going to have to ponder on throughout the day. Yeah. All right, y'all. We got plenty of super chats that we got to knock out real quick, and uh, this one from Robert Gaithright. Thank you, Robert, for the big super chat. He says, regarding winter and off-season conditioning, which, by the way, starts today, what type of gains are reasonably expected, especially for the offensive line and defensive line? It seems like workouts are different for winter conditioning than summer. Yeah, um, so you're right. First of all, they do begin today. Uh, Blake mentioned that this morning. 
Um, uh, they, they were actually, as Blake was typing, they were ongoing. And so that, that meant like six o'clock, but <laughs> just so people know, uh, they weren't, this isn't an afternoon workout. Now, some of them do come in phases. So some positions will be different times than others. Uh, but winter workouts tend to be more about body reshaping, whereas, um, uh, summer conditioning is more about, uh, building up endurance and refinement. Yep. So there's two different phases there, right? Uh, you're really trying to build your body uh, in the winter months and then refine it in the summer. Uh, that's that's the difference. So that means a lot more heavy weights at this time of year uh, as opposed to overwhelming weights in the summer. Yep. yep. You'll see Texas gearing up towards their maximum week in which it is exactly what it sounds like. You go for your maxes on bench, squat, hang, cling, press, whatever you might be doing in the weight room. You'll see that in the winter months uh, leading into spring football. And then obviously gearing up for summer conditioning right after is more like you said, Bobby, just getting the conditioning right and getting the body ready to go in the Texas heat uh, for the upcoming season. Hey, guys, I want to bring up this comment real quick before we move on to the next Super Chat. David Rawls says, Tori Beckton deserves a raise. Team looks and playing great. What? I mean, if you had to grade Beckton on how he's done so far at his time at Texas, especially compared to, you know, the last few strength and conditioning coaches, what would y'all say? Well, I think the number one thing to me is you haven't seen as many soft tissue injuries. I think that's been really important with Texas, keeping guys healthy and on the field. There were, you know, some issues, you know, in the, the previous regimes and under the previous coaching staffs where Texas was having guys banged up with groins and hamstrings and, and obliques and whatever, you know, those soft tissue injuries are, uh, it, it's nagging. It's one of those things that's kind of annoying from a player's perspective because it's not, you know, a sprained ankle or uh, a stinger in the arm. You know, it's something that in all, you know, accounts could have been avoided if trained better or, you know, worked out a little bit better as well. So uh, I think that's really encouraging. It's not something that's that you see all too often, but it is a big focus of this uh uh, uh, conditioning staff, strength and conditioning staff. So I have to get, you know, tip my cap. That's really impressive and, and, a, and, a, and a strong uh, point of emphasis right now with this with this group. I, I would say I would say this. One thing else I would I would add is um, I, he obviously gets raises. By the way, so the the, the entire staff is going to get a raise after last year, guys. That's just going to be. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be that doesn't. Um, the, the other thing that I would say that, that he's done a good job of, he's done a good job of adding weight without slowing people down. Yeah. That is, that is a big no-no that I've seen happen at Texas and other places with previous strength and conditioning coaches. Sometimes there is such thing as bad weight to a fast player. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to take that twitch away from them. Because that's that twitch is what makes them go and makes them special. I think he's done a particularly good job of keeping that in play. I mean, Jaden Blue is a good example, right? Jaden Blue has gained some weight since he got to Texas, okay? But he hasn't lost his speed. That kind of stuff, in my in my assessment, is important. It's going to be important for Cedric Baxter next year in, in particular because he's going to continue to grow. We know that. He's got that body type. You want to keep him to still have that long speed that he has. Yep. And we have another super chat. This one from Ron S. Thank you, Ron. And Ron says, thank y'all for starting the message board. A great addition to the YouTube channel. All of you do a great job. Well, Ron, we definitely appreciate that. Appreciate the kind words for sure. 
And then I know we touched on this a little bit ago, but I bet Justin Yarbrough might have missed it. He says, any update on the D-line coach, Bobby? So I'm going to let you rehash that. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a couple hundred people join since uh, we started talking about that. Um, I, I had someone reach out to Rod Wright over the weekend to see if he was indeed the next defensive line coach at the University of Texas. Rod Wright would not confirm nor deny uh, that uh, possibility. Uh, they are obviously playing it close to the vest, which I think is uh, totally normal and great. Uh, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you want to keep that kind of news in-house, then so be it. Keep it in-house. We'll see if Rod Wright is the next guy at Texas or if it's someone else. Uh, we don't know for sure at this point. Uh, but I do think that it's getting to be that time where we're going to start seeing some movement there. Uh, because as they go into the recruiting portion of the cycle, which is really what they're in right now over the next couple of months, um, into June even, they're going to want to start getting that defensive line coach to have some familiarity with the key recruits, et cetera. And that's that's where it's at right now. Is it going to happen today, uh, today this week sometime? I mean, that again, I always try to – what I'm learning with Steve Sarkeesian is he's on his timetable not on mine or anybody else's. And so he, he's got his own timetable. We're going to react to that and move with that because he's uh, he's more than earned that, uh, that uh, right. CJ, I'm going to put you on the spot with this next question from Rudy O. It's simple. Next commit. Now, who, I'm going <laughs> to give you a little easy way here. Who are some of the next few guys that you could see possibly committing to Texas in any of the classes? No, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a fun question. And following a weekend like this past one, it's obviously a question a lot of folks are wondering because of how uh, crazy crowded this weekend was with the recruits on campus. I think Tyson is in a tremendous spot for uh, modern day running back Jordan Davison. Uh, Matt, uh, Michael Terry, the, the new offer athlete out of Alamo Heights, said Texas is immediately in his top three right now with uh, TCU and Texas Tech as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where Texas pushes for its next commit. Uh, they have their quarterback. You know, they have three guys on the defensive side of the ball as well, all of which kind of in that front seven on the defensive line and an outside linebacker as well. So uh, there could be a, a lot of ways that Texas could go here. Could they push for one of those talented linebackers to come into the fold? Elijah Bo Barnes and Riley Pettijan are on campus as well. Those are two highly rated prospects. They like going through the process of being recruited as well. So we'll see just where they go. But uh, I like where Texas sits right now for a guy like Jordan Davison. Uh, Michael Terry was in that conversation as well as, and, and Texas is again pushing for Kamoran Morgan, the 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 talented blue chip prospect that is now at South Oak Cliff out in South Dallas. He has Texas in his top five and has been uh, big, prioritized by the Texas staff at the moment. So we'll just see. But uh, those are some names off the top of my head right now. I'm gonna, I'm going to go a different route, guys. I'm going I'm going in the portal. <laughs> Because they got to make will be. these guys got to make decisions in the next uh, eight days here. Uh, Tioa, Aliyah, Savea, the defensive tackle out of Arizona. Texas is the clear favorite. The team that actually I, I was told that is kind of giving him some pause is Arizona itself, uh, and a lot of those guys staying there. And then Jabbar Muhammad. Let's not forget about him. Uh, the Washington defensive back visited uh, visited Alabama uh, and his former coach Kalen DeBoer over the weekend. He's expected to go back to Washington this week, collect his belongings, and while there up in the Pacific Northwest, also take an official visit to Oregon. Uh, so hopefully we'll see something or hear something from those two guys at some point this week. And then Captain Americano asks, we are adding a lot of speedy jitterbugs to the offense this coming season. 
Might we see Sark or Milwee hanging out at Miami Dolphins facilities this offseason? May not be a bad idea. Hey, Rod Babers talks about this. Uh, so Rod, uh, Rod is a, for those people that don't know, Rod uh, went to college with Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers. They are really, really good friends to this day. They don't talk during the season, but they talk in the offseason and, and a little bit. Uh, Sark is a big proponent of the West Coast style of offense, which Kyle Shanahan's dad, Mike, kind of made, it was one of the architects of it, not necessarily the, but it was kind of a splinter group off the original West Coast offense back in the uh, 90s, 80s, 90s, and even early 2000s. So Kyle uh, is a big proponent of that. Sark is a West Coast offense guy. And Mike McDaniels comes from that tree. Matt LaFleur comes from that tree. The, the, the Texans offensive coordinator comes from that. Um, and so... Uh, yes, it's likely that uh, Sean McVay is another one uh, at uh, the uh, Rams. It's likely that Sark will actually spend some time there. He's done that with the Rams and McVay for sure. He'll he'll use all of those guys. And what McDaniels did this year, and Rod has talked about this, he's using motion to get people in space quicker on the move. And that's maybe the tweak that uh, – that, uh, uh, that he's used in the last uh, couple of years or last year, especially with Tyreek Hill and those guys that, that Rod thinks Sark might try to implement more of next year. We might see more of that next year. Real quick, Blake, uh, two names that I wanted to bring up in the 2026 class at the wide receiver position, Jalen Lott out of Lovejoy. And uh, I, I got it right here. I just, just lost it. London Smith out of university. Sorry. Uh, those two guys are going to be very highly ranked in the next uh, upcoming cycle. They spent a lot of time with the Texas staff. Uh, London Smith, not too far from here, right up the road at Waco. Uh, but Jalen Lott's a guy that we talked about, uh, Bobby, over the weekend. Uh, his father was James Lott, who's now in the Texas Hall of Honor as well. Uh, back in the day, was a really talented uh, track star. Uh, his son, Jalen, has been blowing up on the recruiting trail. He spent a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with Steve Sarkeesian over the weekend, as did London Smith, who is right now, uh, I believe, a top 50 player in the country for the 2026 class. Both of those guys are, are two guys that I expect to be uh, heavily pursued by the Texas wide recru uh, uh, recruiting uh, cycle next year. We talked about building that, that speedy jitterbugs. Those two guys are big plays waiting to happen, and I, I expect Texas to be all over them. James Lott, guys, high jumped over seven foot. That's why he's in the Texas Hall of Honor. Also was an all-conference player. Played, I think he played some time in the NFL as well as a defensive back. He played DB. He was like pre-DBU before there was such a thing as DBU. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, Texas had uh, Jerry Gray, Mossy Cade, uh, Raymond Claiborne was even before that. They had just a uh, Johnny Johnson, uh, just a, a, a just an unbelievable run at defensive back in the 70s and 80s uh, before the the 2000s came along and all those guys came up. Uh, but James Lott was from Refurio, and, and I think he jumped high jumped seven foot in in high school. I mean, just right, here you go. right here, Bobby. <laughs> wow. For the for those that wonder if he can still get it today, I mean, you that wins like state every year, right? And he, yeah, I talked to him. That's thirty I, years ago. Yeah, that's thirty years ago. 
I talked to him down at that uh, Lockhart 7-on-7 tournament when I was down watching K.J. Lacey. He looks like he can still get after it, that's for sure. And that was however long you said, Bobby. He looks looks good. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned K.J. Lacey. Dennis Henry here says anything to worry about with – he put KC, but I assume he means K.J. visiting Alabama over the weekend. K.J. Lacey did indeed visit Alabama over the weekend, but he's going with all – or going with Ryan Williams to all of his visits. He still said he's – firm on his Texas commitment. But that brings me to this next question. Any update on Ryan Williams? Are we losing steam on him? CJ, I'm going to let you weigh in on this. He uh, he wanted to check out Alabama, obviously had been committed to them, is familiar with the facilities. Giving the new coaching staff uh, an opportunity and a shot is going to be uh, something that he wanted to do. He mentioned that uh, it, it was you know worth a look basically, to see what Kalen DeBoer and his staff brought to the table. He will be at Texas this upcoming weekend for his official visit, and we still expect K.J. Lacey to join him. Uh, Funny enough, we talked about K.J. joining Ryan on his visits, wherever they might be. Two weeks ago, uh, Ryan Williams took his official visit to Texas A&M. K.J. Lacey was down in Austin. And so a little fun there. He was at the obviously the 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 seven on seven tournament out at Lockhart. So he was able to stop by campus, talk with the staff a little bit, brought a seven on seven team with him as well. So two visits to campus over the the uh, over a three week span for KJ Lacey. I think that's a pretty good sign about where things are going. Uh, we still have to be wary of Auburn and what they end up doing, uh, as well as they host Ryan Williams for his uh, last official visit on February third. Uh, I'm not 100% if he will get to LSU or not. I know that they have been uh, recruiting him very hard, but the last scheduled official visit that I had heard was for Auburn on February 3rd, the week after Texas this upcoming weekend. We're going to stay on recruiting for a moment here. Dax Kelm says, have the Horns offered Byron Washington out of DeSoto? The answer is yes. And, guys, we put an interview up uh, over on On Texas Football where I asked him, is anybody else standing out besides Texas? Nope. I mean, it was as clear cut as that. But CJ, can you tell folks out? I mean, obviously everybody knows that that he's a big guy. I mean, and I said it this weekend in the video. I've never felt so small in my life. But what kind of player is he on the field? Yeah, I mean, he. You mentioned big. You see him in pads, and it it just magnifies. It's it's impressive. Uh, I I actually got to watch him this past year against Zeno Umuzulu uh, in the the Tom Landry Classic over at Allen Stadium. Uh, impressive battle of two guys that are very highly coveted in the state of Texas. Uh, I will say Byron Washington, when he's pass setting and he's able to get your hands on you, it's not very likely that you're going to go any, anywhere. <laughs> I mean, we talked about those big guys and whenever they got the their, their big claws on you, you stop in your tracks. There is some movement and, and there's some uh, improvement needed in the run game. Obviously, you know, moving downhill is going to be something that takes a little bit of time for him to get fully acclimated to. He is about 380 pounds at the, at the moment. So it, it takes a while to get churning and going downhill for Byron Washington, but in the sense of when he's able to grab on and hold and, and basically get you, you, you do not go anywhere. And so I think that's very encouraging. You see the tools, the strength is there. It's all about getting the body right and the movement ready for the next level. And then goat talk 100 says what goes into the staff offering during a junior day is it the staff just wanting to offer in person do they want measurables to evaluate mental makeup is it a combination of those things can y'all provide a little insight on that yeah I, I i actually can so it can be any of those factors or just a single one so it, it it's not don't look at it as this hard and fast rule it's kind of 
as you would think, they play it by ear a little bit because they know what may resonate with this player, or it may be their first opportunity to see the player in person, for example. I mean, maybe they've talked to the coach, gone by the high school and talked to the coach before, but the player, for whatever reason, wasn't in school that day or had a track meet somewhere, right? There, there's just all kinds of factors that go around that. And uh, so, uh, and or it could be, look, uh, the defensive back coach went and saw the player but the wide receiver coach didn't get to see him because they're not in the same areas, right? And so it, it can be just a number of different factors. At the end of the day, what I think is important is whether or not they have the offer or not, not necessarily when the offer came. Um, and so that that's, that's uh, and I think to go back, we've had some people join since you started, CJ, five new offers from the weekend, and I'll just go over them real quickly. Um, at running back Ricky Stewart out of Chapel Hill uh, in Tyler has over 6,000 yards so far in his career as a running back. That's just unheard of. He's going to be looking at 9,000 yards in his high school career, had 2,700 last year. Uh, Ryan Foji, big offensive lineman out of Cypress Bridgeland down in the Houston area. Connor Carty, offensive lineman uh, out of Prosper, Texas. Michael Terry, an athlete out of Alamo Heights, played quarterback for Alamo Heights, but could be a DB, could be a wide receiver, could be a lot of things, uh, just an A++ athlete. Uh, and then Gus Cordova, uh, a, a defensive end out of Lake Travis High School there locally. Those are the five new offers. Uh, we have a super chat from Edmund Lee. Thank you, Edmund. He says, great new website. Keep up the advancements on Texas football. Still enjoy coffee and football. Support on Texas football, best on Texas football. Enjoy the guests, updates, info, discussions, and insights. Hook 'em horns and hook 'em 2024. Thanks, Evan. We're going to try. I mean, hopefully, this will be a. Uh, the website gives us an opportunity to connect with everybody every every minute of the day, almost right, and it uh, gives you a chance to come back and look and see what's going on uh, outside of just the videos. Uh, but I will say, we're not done. I mean, we got a lot of stuff ahead of us. We got a lot of people we want to work with in the future, etc. Um, but uh, it's going to be a long, I mean, we're not here just for today, right? Um, we're here for, for the long haul. So, uh, we're going to, going to keep, keep trying to build this the right way. Uh, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it and follow the Longhorns along the way. CJ, this next question for you here, and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring his profile up one more time. But Ebrek says, is he a top five running back come 2025? Well, luckily, we'll, we'll we'll get to see just how the development goes out for Racing Guillory. Uh, I think he's, you know, one of those running backs that you'll see in the top five conversation for the state of Texas. We get to see him in the 2026 class as well. Uh, but right now, Texas is really, really grooving in that running back re uh, recruiting community to charge choice, as we mentioned, is able to grab just about anybody that he wants outside of, you know, even the state lines of Texas. So uh, really encouraging Guillory. 10-8 speed, 5'10", built very well, 185 pounds. He's a very compact runner, uh, despite having that explosive burst and speed. So a lot to like on the film, and Texas gets a good one very early with Racing Guillory. David Rawls wants to talk about the defensive ends. He says, gents, are you seeing the same pattern as I am at defensive ends? Burke, Vostick, Zena, now Jackson, love what they're doing. And this is what he's talking about, long arms. <laughs> Right? Is that what that's? I think that's what you're talking about, David. Uh, wingspan. Yeah, they're going big. There's no doubt they're going to try to be 
be big, long arm uh, guys at, at that at that edge position. Uh, you know, even Colin Simmons is a shorter edge prospect, but he's got a wingspan that's just as tall as a six foot five or six six foot six guy. So they that is that wingspan is definitely a priority for those edge guys. Think about Ethan Burke. I mean, how long armed is he? I mean, that that's definitely where that future of that position is headed. Uh, we are going to talk about Rod Wright, and we got a lot of questions regarding Wright. Obviously, Bobby, he said, you know, if, if he is the guy, he obviously he didn't confirm or deny. But if he is the guy, people are wanting to know. Um, and we'll just start with this one here from Gamaro Sanchez. He says, if it's Rod Wright, do you think that's an upgrade or downgrade from Bo Davis? What are the advantages that Rod brings to the table? So I don't know if he's an upgrade or downgrade from, from Bo Davis. I haven't. I haven't witnessed him do his work. I'll just put it that way. So you can't, I'm not one of those guys that says only one guy can coach defensive tackles. Cause that's truly, that's clearly not true. Right. A lot of people can coach. Uh, you know, the, the question with Rod uh, will be whether or not he assimilates well with the staff, whether or not uh, he can get the most out of his players, whether or not he can develop them and recruit them. Right. Um, I will, I want to add this because Rod Babers mentioned this last night. And I think it was very astute of Rod. Um, he said that the thing that Rod Wright has to sell is, look, I know what this university can do for you. Look at me right now. And he thinks that will resonate with players on, on the recruiting trail. Well, you know, I'm here. I, I look where I'm at. Look what it's done for me. Uh, that sort of stuff. And so, Blake and, and CJ, that's my take on it is – he has a little something that maybe no other player, no other coach other than Blake Gideon right now can really say, hey, I played here. I know what it's like. I know what the University of Texas can do for you long term. And you know what? I will say this. I mean, Texas, unlike some schools, has a, a good reputation of taking care of its guys long term. And I'm not saying that that's what they're doing here with Rod Wright, because he's obviously qualified to be the, a coach. But it leans into that uh, thought process, right? That that Texas is not scared of hiring its own um, its own uh, uh, former players uh, as assistants. Hey, I want to bring this up here. Look at this: East West Shrine Bowl just announced. We're proud to announce that Steve Sarkeesian and Steve Smith Sr. are set to join the 2024 East West Shrine Bowl Hall of Fame. They just announced that within the past hour or so. So cool. congratulations to Sark. That's yeah, awesome. there we go. It, that, that's cool. for his playing days at BYU, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he probably chucked a few touchdowns in that game. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> All right, Joe, we got time for some more questions. Please get your questions in and we'll get to as many as we can. And uh, let's take this one here while we're talking about coaching uh, from PD Enrichment. He says, any new Patterson-esque assistant to the head coach additions being talked about currently? Well, I mean, they just, they just took Willie Gay, uh, the deep, former defensive back for the Steelers for, I think, 13 years, is now uh, with on staff at the University of Texas. Um, uh, Cedric Griffin, earlier in this uh, program, talked about that and how he hopes Willie Gay has some of that attitude and swagger, and it kind of influences that DB room a little bit. Um, but I don't know that there's going to be anybody else. Paul Christ is still with the University of Texas on offense. Willie Gay is now on defense. 
I don't know that if there's another one on the way at this point. Okay, Bobby, before we move on and take some more questions, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about Longhorn Wealth Management Group. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to do this for John Donovan. Uh, John is a proud Texas X's life member and his wife and all six of his siblings are also uh, UT grads. It's with deep Longhorn fa family tradition that John that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas alums, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent more than 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to his clients. The Longhorn Wealth team is fired up about Coach Sark's incredible start to 2024 with both portal and high school recruiting. So they likewise want to encourage everyone in the On Texas football family to let Longhorn Wealth jumpstart your 2024 financial future with a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop, maximize, and protect your tax-free and tax-efficient retirement income. So please give John and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Thank you, John, for your uh, sponsorship of On Texas Football. Well, Texas got a big commitment last week from Amari Nyblack, the transfer uh, tight end um, out of Alabama. But Drew asked, do we see Spencer Shannon breaking the tight end rotation in 24? I think he's ahead of Will Randall right now. Right. And I think that there's some elements of his game that play more to what Sark wants to do than Juan Davis as well. It's going to be up to Spencer Shannon, though, to crack that that group not you know it i think that sark is not going to just hand it to anybody right and so this spring i think is very very big for spencer shannon um i really really do uh because he is he was recruited as more of an inline guy even though modern day flexed him out a lot um he's athletic he's strong he's, he's kind of a wiry strong kind of guy if that makes sense he's not even though he looks tall and thin, he's actually wiry strong. Um, and so let's see what that looks like. I think the other aspect that tied in that people are perhaps underplaying at this point and not really considering is Malik Agbo. Um, that is your big, your big tight end right now. So does Spencer Shannon kind of displace that over time as Agbo moves more inside as depth on the O-line? Or does Ogbo continue to lose a little weight and suddenly end up at 265 or 270 from the 285 he is now? You know, I, I don't know the answer. Um, I know that Ogbo looked particularly good in that role at times this year. Was he Bobby, perfect? How, no. You know, how often have you seen the move from offensive tackle, or, or, or how, how often do you see that go down to tight end? Well, he, here's the issue. Ogbo was was 350 when he got on campus. I mean, he is he's the antithesis of what we normally see. We we see usually see Tavondre Sweat show up at 265 and end up at 360, right? <laughs> Ogbo's been the one that's done the opposite. He's gone from 350 down to 280. Right. You know, um so you're right. I mean, it's a very rare situation, CJ. Uh but, you know, sometimes uh he, he has good – Ogbo has good quickness, though. Yep. So um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I do I do want to say I think that, based on what I'm hearing, Shannon is ahead of Will Randall at this point. So beyond that, I don't know 
what the next step step up is. Anthony Biggs says, I can't wait to see the debut of the law offices of Golden, <laughs> Bolden, Bond, and Blackshire. But I want to take the first few names there. And guys, let's talk about the potential of this offense next season. Obviously, I mean, the expectations are already sky high because of these guys setting foot on campus. But what would you set, I guess, the floor at when it comes to this offense next season? Wow. I think a large part of that's going to be the performance and the jump of development of Quinn Ewers. I think you now have the weapons and the toys to make this offense click, maybe at a higher level than what we saw this past off, uh, football season as a result of having more able bodies to take a play to the house. I'm not, I think Texas had a great repertoire of, of guys this past season Jordan Whittington, AD Mitchell, uh, obviously Xavier Worthy, but those were three guys. We didn't necessarily see them venture out into a four-wide receiver set all too often. They liked going into 12 personnel with the two tight ends more so than that. Uh, where does the big playability come from? I think with this group, it could come from anywhere. And I think that's certainly encouraging. There's no one guy that you can single out at a specific time or on a specific down and distance and say, we know we have to take him away because that's where Texas likes to go with the football. You have four guys when you add in Jonte Cook and maybe even five with Ryan Wingo and DeAndre Moore, depending on how they develop in the spring as well, that you can toss on the field and feel comfortable about knowing if the ball goes their way, they can break a tackle and house it, whereas that necessarily wasn't the strength of an A.D. Mitchell or a Jordan Winnington previously. I, You know, I, I think the floor to your question uh, is what we saw this year. And, and to CJ's point, the ceiling is Quinn Ewers and how – well, Quinn Ewers and how well Sark incorporates the additional speed next year. So, hey, hey, look, Adnan Mitchell, terrific receiver, right? Probably going to go in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Definitely. Would, would you categorize Adnan Mitchell as a speed receiver? No. Right? Would you categorize Isaiah Bond as one? Yes. Would you ca categorize Matthew Golden as one? Yes. Would you categorize... Silas, Go uh, Silas Bolden as one. Yes. Possibly Jonte Cook as one as well. So those are your top four. That's the, and you wouldn't consider Jordan Whittington as a speed receiver either. That's the, so the two things are floor is where I think they were this year. Ceiling is the continued maturity of um, Quinn Ewers, along with how Steve Sarkeesian is able to incorporate the additional speed into the offense. That's Absolutely. the that's the nexus. Jason has a, a good question here. Texas has had a rough time in the red zone with bigger bodies. How will they remedy this with smaller guys? It's got to be quarterback play, in my opinion, uh, and uh, different kind of run sets. Uh, quarterback play, we talked about this. I mean, Quinn did not throw his fastball in the red zone this year, very rarely, only on RPOs, okay, where he had clear reads, et cetera. I think that's got to be something he works on this offseason. Red zone efficiency, using the fastball, getting in, in sync with those receivers. That has got to be huge. And then, Bobby, uh, it, we've been here for about an hour now. Uh, you brought some breaking news this morning uh, regarding, you know, some portal targets. I'm going to let you go ahead and rehash that as well 
uh, to kind of go over that for everybody that missed it. Yeah, absolutely. Tioa Alia uh, Savea, the uh, defensive lineman out of uh, uh, Arizona. I was told this morning that Texas is the clear favorite here uh, for him. He visited Texas over the weekend, uh, knows Johnny Nansen extremely well, originally signed with UCLA out of high school before heading to Arizona. Uh, he is uh, a young man uh, that Texas is very, very uh, hopeful for. Uh, he tweeted a hook'em sign yesterday. We confirmed with him that that was not a commitment. Uh, however, we do believe Texas is the clear favorite at this point, uh, based on some people I've talked to out of uh, Tucson this morning. Uh, I do believe that Arizona is going to try to make a run to keep him. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, but uh, Savea, uh, the guy there. And then Jabbar Muhammad, the defensive back uh, out of the University of Washington, visited his former coach at Alabama over the weekend, visited Texas last week. He's expected to go uh, return to Washington this week. And while he's in the Pacific Northwest, we'll take an official visit to Oregon. Both of those young men, if they plan on visit, if they plan on being part of uh, the team uh, in 2024, will be uh, midterm enrollees, which means they need to make a decision and enroll by no later than January 30th. Authentic Life Change LLC says, who replaces Christian Jones at the right tackle spot? My money's on Cam Williams. I'm really high on him. I was very... I uh, uh, very impressed with him as a high school prospect. Him in pass setting is one of the most impressive things I've seen for a guy his size. He moves very well. He's very patient at the point of attack as well. Uh, Bobby, I know you like him running downhill in the run game as well. Uh, but I, I know that there will also be a competition. Texas will be looking to move some pieces around to uh, optimize just exactly what they can get out of this offensive line with a lot of pieces returning. But right now, Cam Williams is that guy for me who I have as the odds-on favorite to win that right tackle spot. Expect them to try Hayden Connor at right tackle as well, uh, moving out from left guard, just to make sure they have some experience out there as well to push Cam Williams a little bit. But I'm with CJ. Uh, I would be, unless Cam Williams is injured or something happens off the field un, unawares, um, as long as he continues to move forward with his ability, I think that that young man's a potential first-round draft pick. Yep. Maybe not this year, but I mean – the way he moves, I don't know if y'all if you get a chance to go back and watch the Kansas State game. Other than the false starts, he was he was, in my opinion, more dominant in the run game than Christian Jones. I mean, he was dominant. All right, CJ, this next question here uh, for you from that tens, and he says, "Do you think recruits will hold grudges seeing others receive offers and then some, obviously, not getting them?" Yeah, this is part of the fragility of being a recruiter on, you know, a major program. You know, it's one of those things that you have to juggle. Uh, recruits talk a lot, you know, and they're aware of, you know, other skill sets and, and how talented other prospects are at their position specifically across the country. It's one of those things that you really have to be aware of if you're a staffer when you go out to offer kids. There are some that ultimately, you know, do get a little hurt if they see other people uh, at their position getting offered. Uh, Texas also has to be careful. Or, and this, this is broadly speaking. When you offer kids that are very young at some schools, it, it sometimes sits, you know, a little uneasy with the guys that are upperclassmen or uh, with their current recruiting class uh, being the forefront of the, the, the cycle. You have to be wary of that as well. So it's interesting. It's a fine balance of 
ensuring that if you want to return back to a prospect, you don't spurn them too early. And you also uh, basically let them know right away that we want to see how you develop. We want to continue evaluating them. Laying things out in front of them is certainly something that the staff is, has done a really good job about as well. But there are certainly uh, prospects in the past who, and this is, again, for every school, they feel that a, a school has uh, slow played them a little bit. It doesn't necessarily help their their chances in, in recruiting if they do circle back. So, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a factor that goes into the big picture for recruiting. Walk in the tight wire, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so Miguel Gonzalez says, guys, do you think Darian Gallette gets into the defensive end or linebacker rotation this year? All right, I'll confess, this is one of the – it was Jelani McDonald slash Warren Roberson for me at one point, but based on what I heard over the, the summer – or over the winter uh, Sugar Bowl stuff, Darian Gallette was the one guy that I want to see play because I didn't, we didn't see him much at all this year, right? I saw some of uh, of uh, Jelani McDonald. I'm anxious to see what, what Darian Gallette brings, and, and it will be at linebacker, uh, not at defensive end is my understanding right now. But I, I want to see he has a he has a chance, guys, to be a havoc playmaker, like just a disruptor. And those guys are so, so valuable. I mean, when you think of Anthony Hill, don't you think of disruptor, right? Like he those guys are just valuable. And if Darian Gallette can be a disruptor alongside a guy like Anthony Hill, maybe not this year fully, but next year, I those guys kind of get me excited because they, those guys equal wins or or tight game wins because they are the kind of guys that make plays in big games that switch moment that that cause a fumble that create a sack, etc. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big I'm anxious to see him almost of every single young player in that in that 2023 class. I want to see him this spring. Yep, I'm with you. He was a guy that I've heard behind the scenes has uh, rehabbed very well from his senior year ACL injury. And prior to that, he was a guy who at 6'3 and about 215, 220 pounds at Marlin High School, uh, his junior year was anchoring the four by two. So that kind of gives you an idea of the athleticism that he brings at that height and that weight. So uh, impressive stuff. I'm, I'm right there with you, Bobby, looking for a really impressive uh, step in the right direction this spring. Hey. And also long jump 23 plus. <laughs> Impressive. And took, off, and took off from the free throw line on a, on a slam dunk. In game, by the way. Not just practicing on a with no one guarding. He's got he's got some ability. I hope that translates to the football field. That's the that's always the question because we always have heard about these super freak athletes that don't necessarily translate. If it translates mark him down as the label disruptor yep his uh his track coach at marlin was ramon's taylor by the way yep <laughs> that's right okay well let's piggyback off miguel's question y'all y'all were talking about the defensive side of the ball but who's somebody on the offense that maybe you're excited to see because what you're hearing behind the scenes or maybe you know you just love their athleticism whatever it may be and, and you cannot go with arch manning or an obvious answer but who who is somebody that y'all are really pumped and that you hope, you know, gets a good chance in 2024? Well, of the 2023 class, for me, it's Trey Wisner. I loved what I saw from him. Like, loved. So, 
Yeah. That that would be mine. I I'm gonna stick on 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 the playmaking side of things. Now I'm not headed towards the line just yet, but DeAndre Moore. You hear a lot about him. He's in a crowded room right now. How can he carve out a role in this wide receiving room? You know, this was the guy that you thought last year might be in a position to play pretty early in his career. He's a very talented prospect out of California. Can he make enough of an impact early on in the spring to say he deserves some snaps this fall? I'd be really looking forward to that. Uh, Texas was very happy that they were able to land his recruitment and earn his signature back in the day. So uh, can he compete with these transfers coming in? And obviously, John T. Cook, who we expect to be a big part of this offense as well. Fresh 6473 says, which coordinators do you guys think make the best head coaches, offensive or defensive coordinators? And which would you prefer as a head coach? That's fun. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever thought of that. I know that defensive coordinator defensive coordinators that turn into head coaches more times than not are going to be those hard nosed, you know, we're going to get things right one way or another. Or we're not going to do it at all. Kind of coaches, if that makes sense, you know, they're going to, be a little bit more, you know, strict by the by the book, by their book, if that makes sense. I I like scoring points. I like playing loose. I like playing fast. Um, offensive guys have always been my my thing. I like you know when games open up and you can play your style of football and dictate the way games are played. I think that starts on the offensive side of the ball, and I think there's a little bit more aggressiveness as a as a result of that. Um, but. Who knows? I, I could be way off there, Bobby. I, I, I see you kind of shaking your head there. It's kind of a, a coin flip, really. <laughs> um, I think that the interesting thing to me is that a head coach is fundamentally different than an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator and not necessarily their success as head coach is not necessarily indicative of how good a coordinator they are. It's a different role. Um. You know, my, my favorite coach right now, just if I weren't taking my Texas ties out of it and all this other stuff, my favorite coach in all of football right now is Andy Reid. I mean, he just reinvents himself and reinvents what he does with different coordinators on offense, on defense. And, you know, he turns out entertaining football generally. And even when this year, a team that's not very entertaining because Really, they don't have a number one receiver. They only have Travis Kelsey, and he's a tight end. Yet they're they're sitting there in the AFC Championship game this next week. Um, and he's an offensive coach, but he doesn't he doesn't overdo the offense, right? Like I'll, I'll be I'll give you an example. Like I thought Steve Spurrier was a great head coach and a great offensive coordinator, um, but Steve Sar uh, Steve Spurrier, the former Florida coach probably left a lot of meat on the bone at Florida because he was too much of an offensive coach. He didn't lean into the defense as much as he could have. If he would have hired somebody like Bob Stoops before, he would have had more national championships. When he brought Bob Stoops in a legitimate defense coordinator, then he got one. I think Lincoln Riley is a lot like Steve Spurrier in that regard, right? He's this high-flying guy, but then he, he, he leaned on an old friend to be his defensive coordinator. So I, I just think that the guys that are either offense or defense, I'll take either one. I don't think that that matters. Um, I do think that they need to be great at one of them, typically. Um, Dan Campbell, with what he's doing with the Lions right now, is an anomaly at some level. He's not. He hasn't been a coordinator either place. 
he's just kind of a leader of men and then hired really good coordinators. That guy, that kind of guy is the anomaly. So like, I'll give you an example uh, that I think is not going to end up being a good coach is, is Shane Beamer at South Carolina. He's not really an offensive guy or a defensive guy. He's just kind of a leader. I'm, I'm, I'm mixed on those kind of guys. Uh, I, you, very rarely do you see those kind of enigmatic leaders uh, stand out long-term, but we'll see. Interesting discussion, nonetheless, for sure. Well, Bobby, before we get out of here, I want to tell folks one more time, go come check us out online here. New website is on texasfootball.com. Join us. And then, excuse me, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell everybody what, what they can expect over there, you know, when, when we're not on the air here on the YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. Myself, you, Blake, CJ, we're all writing uh, articles, keeping people up to date. They're not these long, big articles, typically. Uh, they're going to be shorter in, in length uh, just to get you updated on the latest news and uh, occurrences. Uh, but also, it's the community that I want to build. Uh, and that includes all of you guys. Uh, we, we definitely are all Texas folks here and uh, just want to hear from you guys, see what you're thinking about the team, uh, see what you're thinking about whatever. Uh, and we'll talk about it on Texas football. Just hit the community button, sign up, and you're good to go. And uh, we'll be talking football and whatever other sport. Uh, by the way, I've Forgot to mention this. One of the top soccer recruits in the in the country, uh, out of Dallas, uh, just changed her commitment from North Carolina to Texas over the weekend. Oh wow! I forgot to even mention that. I was I was gonna. I like to say something about some of the other sports every so often. I wanted to mention that today, and then obviously, you know, basketball team won a thriller uh, on Saturday in front of all those recruits, which yeah. didn't hurt. By the way, right. <laughs> A very big deal there for sure, and congratulations to Rodney Terry because you know that you know he wanted that one badly. Yeah. So, and it worked out like you said for the recruits. Well, and then Bobby, can you tell everybody what they can expect later today, right here on the On Texas Football YouTube channel? Yeah, absolutely. We'll probably have a midday update uh, with just breaking more news that, that's coming in throughout the day, and then Rod and CJ will be back with Talking Ball later this evening, uh, and then uh, we'll get going. Uh, on the on the message boards as well as on texasfootball.com. Uh, just come by, check it out, uh, and we'll have some fun today. Hope everybody has a good weekend and or a good week, excuse me, and stays out of the cold as it finally gets warmer. Man, need it, that needs to get warmer. Well, it's wet here <laughs> in my place, at least for the next few days. So, But, yes, guys, go check us out on texasfootball.com. Also, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. With all the news going on, you don't want to miss anything. So ring the bell so you're notified anytime we go live or that a new video is posted. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Thank you for the super chats. Got to thank John Donovan and Longhorn Wealth Management Group for sponsoring sponsoring today's show, along with Cedric Griffin for joining us. That was some really good insight on today's Junior Day, so or for this weekend's Junior Day. So for Bobby Burton and C.J. Vogel, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Welcome. Have a good week, guys. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.